70 years with KBS World Radio, 70 years of Global Korea. Throughout the year, we celebrate the 70th anniversary of KBS World Radio with the voices of our listeners from all over the world. Hi, my name is Lee Kowei. I'm a teacher at an experimental school in Suchen in Changsu Province, China. KBS World Radio always impresses me with its programs full of positive energy, lively hosts, and active communications with its listeners. The one hour I spend with KBS World Radio has become a crucial part of my day. I stay updated with major news from Korea through KBS World Radio News, Korea Today and Tomorrow, and current affairs in focus. I roam the streets of Seoul through Seoul Calling, read novels by Korean writers through Books on Demand, and listen to Korean traditional music through Sounds of Korea. Last but not least, Magazine K is where KBS World Radio and its listeners can communicate with one another, which adds extra warmth and character to the station and makes me love it more. Happy 70th birthday! Seventy years with KBS World Radio, seventy years of global Korea. KBS World Radio brings Korea to you wherever you are. It's Monday, February 20th. Welcome to Korea 24 on KBS World Radio. I'm your host, An Jae-woo, filling in for Kwon Jang-woo this week. North Korea fired two short-range ballistic missiles into the East Sea just two days after it launched an intercontinental ballistic missile. Such provocations come ahead of planned U.S.-South Korea military drills. More on News Briefing next. In our in-depth, we discuss what's at stake for main opposition Democratic Party leader Lee Jae-myung after prosecutors sought an arrest warrant for him last week. Plus, on Monday Sports Roundup, we take a closer look at Korea's World Baseball Classic training camp. All that and more on today's Korea 24. North Korea carries out multiple missile provocations starting last weekend. South Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff, JCS, said on Monday that North Korea fired two short-range ballistic missiles, SRBMs, toward the East Sea earlier in the day. For more on this story and other headlines from today, I'm joined by KBS World Radio News Editor Daniel Choi. Daniel, good to be with you. Good to be with you, Joe. All right. So let's start with the detailed analysis of the missile launch by South Korea's JCS. Right. The JCS said the missiles were launched from Sukchon in South Pyongan province between 7 a.m. and 7.11 a.m. Monday, flying 390 kilometers and 340 kilometers before hitting the East Sea. Mm-hmm. South's military has raised monitoring and vigilance levels and is maintaining full defense readiness while cooperating closely with the U.S., of course. The North almost simultaneously claimed that it fired two rockets from a supersized multiple rocket launcher on Monday which falls under the same classification as SRBMs as both have guidance systems and share similar trajectories. Sure. And the latest provocation comes only two days after the North 
fired a long-range ballistic missile towards the sea, right? Right. Uh, Pyongyang claimed on Sunday that it fired the uh, Hwasong-15 ICBM. KCNA said the missile flew 989 kilometers up to a maximum altitude of 5,768 kilometers. Hmm. This came 50 days, around 50 days after the regime opened a new year with a short-range ballistic missile test firing. The KCNA said the drill was suddenly organized without prior notice under an emergency firepower combat standby order given at dawn on Saturday, followed by written order by Kim Jong-un himself. The sudden drill was reportedly aimed at verifying the reliability of the weapon system and enhancing the combat readiness of its nuclear force. The North claims the firing demonstrated the regime's readiness against Seoul and Washington's joint air exercises by the Allies and emphasized it was a response to the combined air drills on Sunday involving a U.S. B-1B strategic bomber escorted by nine fighter jets. Okay. North Korea appears to have awarded a hero's title and medal to a mobile launch pad for intercontinental ballistic missiles, ICBMs, and this isn't the first time that that has happened, right? Right. It's looking like this could be something that's going to be routine for North Korea, Mm -hmm. uh, something that might seem a bit bizarre and unique from the outside looking in. A footage of the North's recent Hwasong-15 ICBM launch reported on Sunday by the state-run KCTV showed a medal on the door for a driver's seat of a transporter erector launch or tell. Hmm. The gold star medal appears to have a design similar to that awarded to the hero of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea or North Korea. Mm -hmm. The title is awarded to individuals for their contributions to the regime or the party. According to Yonhap News, the medal was seen on tells for Hwasong-15 ICBM in 2018 and 2020, as well as during military parades. So this has been an ongoing tradition in recent years. So it's rare for the North to award the title to an object it reflects the regime's priority, improving tail mobility. Hmm. In the form of a long truck, tail transports missiles to the desired launch site, erects the launch tube, and then launches. And North Korea celebrates successful launch of ICBM by promoting key figures in its missile program by bestowing an honor on the launch platform this time, it seems, used to fire the missiles. Hmm. Okay, and uh, Kim Yo-jung, the powerful sister of North Korea's leader, has warned more provocations by the regime will ensue unless the United States changes its course of action. In a statement announced by the Korean Central News Agency on Monday, the third of its kind released by her this year, Kim Yo-jung said the frequency at which the North utilizes the Pacific Ocean as its shooting range depends on the behaviors of the U.S. military. She said Pyongyang remains adamant on making what she calls Fanatics pay for aggravating the situation. Hmm. Her remarks apparently target combined air drills by South Korea and the U.S. involving F-16 fighter jets and a B-1B strategic bomber in response to the North's launch AV, Hwasong-15 ICBM on Saturday. Kim said Pyongyang is meticulously calculating the combined air drills' impact on the North's safety and warned the regime will take corresponding measures to any direct or indirect concerns. So this somewhat... Uh, I guess, changes people's perspectives because uh, some experts were concerned that maybe mm-hmm. Kim Yo-jong is being pushed to That's the right. backdrops. Mm-hmm. But she, was, uh, se- she wasn't seen as a prominent featured uh, star during mm-hmm. the recent military parade. But uh, seeing that Kim Yo-jong is making these uh, statements to be heard loud and clear by the rest of the world, maybe she is still maintaining a certain degree of control and power and authority in North Korea. Great point. Interesting. Okay. And uh, going back to Sunday... South Korea and the U.S. mounted combined air drills involving a U.S. B-1B strategic bomber. Do fill us on the apparent response measure to North Korea's ICBM launch. 
Well, according to South Korea's JCS, a day after Pyongyang launched an ICBM towards the East Sea, the Allies staged a combined flight information over the peninsula with F-35A stealth fighters. F-15 jets of the South Korean Air Force joined by U.S. F-16 fighters in escorting the B-1B aircraft entering the South's air defense identification zone. Hmm. Some 10 military planes took part in the drills, reportedly passing some southern regions on their way from the West Sea to the East Sea. The JCS said the drills demonstrated the combined defense capabilities and posture through timely and immediate deployment of America's extended deterrence assets to the peninsula, indicating the training is a response to the North's ICBM provocation the previous day. Of course. South Korea imposed fresh unilateral sanctions against North Korea on Monday. This is in response to the regime's intercontinental ballistic missile launch on Saturday, right? That's right. The foreign ministry said on Monday it designated four additional individuals and five agencies for their involvement in the regime's nuclear and missile development as well as for sanctions evasion. Three of the freshly designated individuals are North Koreans accused of involvement in the transportation or export of items subject to sanctions on Pyongyang's behalf. Mm. One South African was added for helping to secure funds for the North's nuclear missile development and for evading sanctions. The five institutions have either been involved in dodging maritime sanctions or trading North Korean coal and exporting oil into the regime. The latest designations are the fourth round of sanctions announced under the UN administration. They come just 10 days after sanctions were imposed in response to Pyongyang's illicit cyber activities. Okay, and meanwhile, on the other side of the EC, Foreign Minister Park Jin-se's Seoul in Tokyo are in the final stages of producing a solution to the issue of compensating victims of Japan's wartime forced labor. The top diplomat told reporters on Monday at Incheon International Airport upon returning home from a trip to the Netherlands and Germany, Park held sincere and honest talks with his Japanese counterpart, Yoshimasa Hayashi, on the contentious issue when they met on the sidelines of the Munich Security Conference. Hmm. He added that he conveyed to Japan the need to yield a reasonable solution. On whether the duo discussed the possibility of holding a South Korea-Japan summit, Park said the topic was not discussed, but the need to restore shuttle diplomacy for the sake of national interests was highlighted. Noting that a meeting of foreign ministers from G20 nations will be held in India next month, Park said he will have the opportunity to meet his Japanese counterpart if they are both able to attend that gathering. Okay. And meanwhile, the police are seeking to secure surveillance footage of the official residence of a former army chief of staff as part of a probe into allegations that a fortune teller was involved in the relocation of the presidential residence. Tell us more. Well, speaking to reporters on Monday, an official of the Seoul Metropolitan Police Agency revealed the current status of the probe and claims that the fortune teller called Chun Gong accompanied Presidential Security Service Chief Kim Yong-hyun to the candidate location. The official said police are working on getting CCTV footage or uh, surveillance camera footage of the official residence of a former army chief of staff, which had once been considered as a potential candidate for the new presidential residence. Mm -hmm. The presidential office filed a complaint against former lawmaker Kim Jong-dae as well as former defense ministry spokesperson Pu Seung-chan and two journalists who first covered the related story accusing them of defamation. Last March, Pu published a book presenting the claim about the fortune teller meddling in the relocation of the presidential residence. Of course, when you talk about possible meddling uh, by a third party in uh, state affairs, we immediately are reminded of the impeachment process that led to uh, the downfall of the Park Geun-hye administration. Of course.
And uh, more news in domestic politics. The Justice Party has urged the main opposition Democratic Party leader, Lee Jae-myung, to give up his immunity from arrest and undergo an arrest warrant review over his bribery allegations, right? Well, the Monday in front of the National Assembly, the minor opposition leader, Lee Jong-mi, said, despite public doubts in the prosecution's selective investigations, she hoped the parliament will not have to make a legal judgment, adding the fight should happen in court and the judge has to make the decision. She took issue with immunity from arrest that lawmakers enjoy and emphasized that the National Assembly should lay down this privilege for all arrest motions that may occur in the future, noting that this privilege might be something that is not as productive or uh, something that might not be necessary for the betterment of the nation and the National Assembly and lawmakers in the future. This comes as prosecutors requested an arrest warrant for E last week in an investigation into allegations of corruption and bribery linked to land development projects during his time as mayor of Songnam City. However, Seoul Court needs the parliament, where the DP holds a majority, to waive E's immunity from arrest to review the prosecution's request. Okay, and... A report on the people's quality of life in 2021 shows that indices related to activities held outside the home are improving. However, it also showed some concerning digits as well. Tell us more. Right. Leaving the home, being productive outside of the home, that was something that we rarely uh, talked about or that was completely declining uh, uh, drastically compared to pre-pandemic eras. So Mm. now we get to see some of the changes that happen as we move out from COVID-19. According to Statistics Korea's National Quality of Life report released on Monday, the number of days of domestic travel per person stood at 6.58 in 2021. That's up slightly on year from 5.81 days, but lower than 10.01 days posted in 2019 before the pandemic broke out. So uh, it's still work in progress, but changes are being made. People aren't afraid to step out of their homes and board a plane or do something more um, productive and that requires heavy breathing outdoors. Hashtag it's about time. It's about time. Mm-hmm. The report also found that a percentage of people who went on domestic trips stood at 89% in 2021, higher than the 85% posted in 2019. The report estimates the nation's obesity rate came to 37.1%, slightly lower than 2020, but still high compared to pre-pandemic years when it remained below 35%, hmm. which is which is where I probably fall in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Double not too sure about that, but you look great I used now. To be. Okay, but still, you still look great. Come on now. Thank you. <laughs> the nation's suicide rate climbed 0.3 to 26 per 100,000 people in 2021. The number of child abuse cases surged by more than 100 from 2020 to stand at around 502 per, per 100,000 people. So naturally, some of the, uh, I suppose, the gloomier statistics figures also go up as uh, people go through a lot of uh, stress and being of uh, stress of being confined to a certain space for a prolonged period. That's right. And finally, a recent report shows the number of daycare centers in South Korea has decreased by nearly 10,000 over the past five years. That's right. A seemingly inevitable trend as the country continues to suffer from chronically low birth rates. According to the Ministry of Health and Welfare, the number of daycare centers nationwide stood at 30,923 as of 2022, a decrease of 9,315 from 2017. The decline of more than 23% over the past five years disproportionately affected daycare centers in residential areas that usually care for babies between the ages of zero and one. Hmm. So this problem is expected to gradually expand to facilities for other age groups Mm -hmm. as well. 
As of the end of last year, public centers accounted for 27% of all daycare centers. Private daycare centers accounted for 73%. Okay. Thank you so much, Daniel. Thank you so much for having me. South Korean prosecutors last week requested an arrest warrant for the head of the main opposition Democratic Party, Lee Jae-myung, in an investigation into corruption and bribery allegations. It is the first time in the country's modern history that an arrest warrant was sought for a sitting opposition party leader. However, under Korean law, sitting lawmakers are exempt from getting arrested or detained without the consent of the National Assembly while it's in session. To talk more about the charges that Lee is facing and the prospects of his arrest, we are joined online by Lee Kyung-min, a reporter for the Korea Times. Welcome back to the show, Ms. Lee. Hello. Hi. Okay, so prosecutors are seeking an arrest warrant for a main opposition Democratic Party DP leader Lee Jae-myung over his alleged role in the Daejang-dong and Wide land development scandals as well as suspicions of third-party bribery through Songnam's football club. Now, for our listeners, could you first give us details about the Daejang-dong and Wide land development scandals, what they are and how they came to the surface? And also, what are the issues surrounding Songnam's football club? Right. The series of corruption scandals involving Daejang-dong, Wide Newtown, as well as Songnam football club, all date back to years when Lee Jae-myung was a Gyeonggi governor or Songnam mayor. Yes. First of all, Daejang-dong scandal made headlines primarily in 2021 and 2022. He was accused of being deeply involved in a land and commercial district development project to the amount of over 1 trillion won in Daejang-dong in Songnam, Gyeonggi province. Mm-hmm. The allegation had it that Lee helped a land developer, Hwacheon Daeyu, and six key figures related to the firm to net over 400 billion won from the project. But that scandal had since developed to the recent prosecution investigation and arrest warrants sought for Lee. And next, the scandal about Wide is that the figures involved in the Daejang-dong project were making hefty similar gains from the development of Newtown. And lastly, the one surrounding Kyung, uh, Songnam Football Club is that the football club, which was on the brink of being disbanded, suddenly and unexpectedly received tens of millions of won in sponsorships from Naver, the country's largest portal operator, and Tucson ENC, mm-hmm. the construction affiliate of Tucson Group. Sure. And the uh, allegations were that the con- uh, contributions were in return for favors provided by then Songnam Mayor Lee Jae-myung for the private entities that needed to change the designated use of certain lots of land or permits to construct buildings. Sure. Okay. So these allegations on three big quid pro quos. Now, what did the prosecutors find during their investigation? Well, I should also begin by mentioning when it began 
so the okay. prosecution investigation into the scandals began in July of last year, about four months after the presidential election ended in March. Yes. The first was into Taejangdong scandal, and that, and then it moved on to Songnam FC, and then further into close former or current aides to Lee Jae Myung. And then this year, the investigation intensified, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lee was summoned for questioning three times: uh, one for suspicions concerning Songnam FC, and twice for Ridae Taejangdong scandals. Okay, so then, what exactly are the charges leveled against DP Chief Lee Jae Myung? So it's twofold. First, as for the Taejangdong Wide Land and City Development Projects, he faces three charges: violating anti-corruption laws, conflict of interest prevention laws, and breach of duty. And as for the Songnam FC scandal, he faces a third-party bribery. And I will go into details one by one. Okay. The prosecution says he violated anti-corruption laws primarily because he used confidential information as then city mayor to select the city development project overseer, as well as the construction firm that led the project in November of 2013. And Lee Jae-myung is believed to have netted over 21 billion won in undue gains through November 2018. And this is all according to the prosecution. Sure. The charges of violation of conflict of interest, uh, conflict of interest prevention laws, is similar in that he netted undue gains of over 780 billion won through January this year, after he used confidential information to select private sector figures, including Kim Manbe, to oversee the Taejangdong project. So, and uh, breach of duty charges also concern Taejangdong project. Mm-hmm. Uh, prosecutors say Lee removed the clause which mandated the return of excess or greater than expected gains from state-run development projects to the state coffers, and the removal led to only 183 billion won in profits for the state-run city developer in Songnam. The city uh, state-run entity would have, however, been able to secure far more, about 672 billion won in profits, had it not been for the removal, according to the prosecution. And this means that the prosecution judges that the loss of over or close to 500 billion won was directly caused by Lee Jae-myung. And lastly, as for the Songnam FC case. He is suspected of granting favors in issuing construction permits or land use change permits to Dusan E N C, Naver, Cha Hospital, among others, in return for a combined 13.3 billion won in donations. Okay, and all this led to the first time in modern history case of the arrest warrant. Why did the prosecutors request this arrest warrant for Lee? Well, we do have a statement issued by Prosecutor General Lee Won Suk last Thursday, which was a un- an unusual development, according to some observers. Hmm. He said the case is considered a corruption, advanced jointly by the establishment in the region and a handful of private brokers and land developers, which he characterized as an extremely grave issue. And the Prosecutor General further said the issue carries all the more weight. Because the astronomical profits from the development should have been 
rightfully returned to the benefits and advancement of Gyeonggi residents and municipalities there. Okay. And what did Lee say to the warm request? Well, Lee Jae-myung issued a 20-page statement last Friday saying the prosecution's request seeking an arrest warrant violated the Criminal Procedure Act and the Constitution. He stressed that the statements he gave during the previous questionings were legitimate, saying the prosecution violated the criminal code and the Constitution because it was taking issue with the fashion and methods in which he gave the statements as well as the contents of the statements. He also said the prosecution was being contradictory as to how it has characterized his statement by simultaneously claiming that they were quote-unquote evasive and quote-unquote intentionally falsified. Hmm. And he undercut the prosecution's case altogether, saying that a person cannot remain both evasive and make falsified claims at the same time. And he also pointed out that the case is corroborated solely by the conspiracy theory backed up by the statements of one or two people involved and that the four key figures involved in the Daejangdong scandal were not at all consistent. And he went on to compare Yoon Seok-yeol administration to a dictatorial regime, saying history shows that the dictator's attempts at crushing the opposition and manipulate the truth were all met with punishment. Hmm. He also said the Yoon Seok-yeol administration keep turning a blind eye to the public's pain and suffering and abusing the public force to remove political opponents, which will um, surely be judged by the people and history. Okay. And uh, zooming out, taking a look at the bigger picture, how did the rival political parties respond to the latest developments? First of all, the ruling People Power Party maintains that Lee should gladly comply with the prosecution's move, since he was the first to say that even seating, uh, sitting presidents should go to jail if they are guilty. Mm-hmm. And these remarks were made by the party emergency committee head, Jung jin Seok, who went on to criticize the opposition lawmakers for being more than willing to protect the party leader for his personal alleged failings. And as for the main opposition Democratic Party of Korea, it launched a public campaign last Friday, mobilizing not only its lawmakers, but also party members to hold a large-scale meeting at the National Assembly. And this was a move to limit extreme polarization and confusion within the party in the case where the motion to strip him of parliamentary privilege passes or it fails to pass, but with a considerable number of no votes. I see. Okay, and uh, speaking of parliamentary privilege, I understand that the prosecution must obtain the National Assembly's consent to detain lawmakers. Uh, Could you briefly walk us through this process, and what's the likelihood that the arrest warrant request will pass the National Assembly, where the DP holds a 169 out of a total of 300 seats? Sure. Uh, Lawmakers have to go through this seemingly complicated process because Mm -hmm. of Article 44 of the Constitution. And it guarantees that a member of the National Assembly not be arrested or detained without the consent of the National Assembly when it is in session, except when the lawmaker is caught Mm red-handed. 
and the immunity from arrest or criminal prosecution is granted to help protect lawmakers against those in power. And a total of 61 motions were submitted to strip then-sitting lawmakers, but only 16 of them have passed. And in the 21st National Assembly, three of four such motions passed. And what I should also note is that the motion passes with the majority vote of the lawmakers present. So, given the ruling party has 115 seats, and the Justice Party and other minor opposition has uh, have a combined seven seats, the motion will pass if at least 28 of the DPK lawmakers vote yes. Mm-hmm. And the National Assembly will table this motion next Monday. Okay. And, all right, well, this is going to be obviously a difficult question, but we have to ask you this. As a final thought, being a journalist covering this situation for quite some time now, how do you expect the situation to pan out? Well, I don't have a, a surefire quite an answer to that for now, sure. other than that, that any development of this issue will continue to make headlines in the months to come due to its extreme political nature. Of course. Uh, what we should watch closely is whether the National Assembly passes that motion sending him to appear before the court to undergo a review on the validity of the arrest warrant sought. Mm -hmm. But what will be more interesting is whether the court then would grant or deny the prosecution's motion. Mm -hmm. If it is granted, the prosecution can save face and keep pushing. But if it goes the other way, the prosecution will have a hard time recovering from the humiliation criticisms and political backlash for wasting time and public resources. Okay, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much, Ms. Lee. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the Korea 24 Stock and Forex Update. The benchmark Korea Composite Stock Price Index rose 3.91 points, or 0.16% on Monday, to close the day at 2,455.12. The tech-heavy Kosdaq also rose, gaining 13.27 points, or 1.71%, to close at 788.89. On the foreign exchange, the local currency strengthened 5-1 against the U.S. dollar, closing the day at 1,294.51. You can check Korean stock and forex closings at world.kbs.co.kr. Next up, we have our daily segment, Korea Trending. For this part of the show, we cover some of the hottest topics in South Korea, handpicked by the Korea24 team. And to bring them to us today is Walter Lee. Hello, Walter. Hi, Jerry. It's lovely to be here today. Right. Great. It's lovely to have you. Okay, so let's jump right into the first story now, shall we? Sure. So South Korea is seeking to commercialize robot delivery services by the year 2026 and drone delivery services by 2027. Now, the Ministry of Land, Infrastructure and Transport unveiled the goal on Monday when it announced plans to build smart logistics infrastructure during an emergency meeting between economy-related ministers. Now, the ministry said it will take into uh, tap into the growth potential of logistic industries to make their 
them into the nation's le- new leading industry. Well, it sounds like a pretty ambitious goal, but can you tell <laughs> us how the government plans to achieve this great goal? Well, it will support the private sector's techno- uh, technological development and create an exclusive testbed for logistics to promptly commercialize unmanned delivery services using robots and also drones. Mm-hmm. Now, the government will also seek to lay the foundation for such services in phases, including enacting a law on unmanned delivery and devising related safety regulations. Great. And what other goals are included in the ministry's plan? Okay, so good question. Micro-fulfillment centers would be allowed to be established in downtown areas to usher in an era where deliveries can be made in half an hour or an hour. Using AI and big data technology, these centers would predict the demand for orders and manage inventory to enable immediate deliveries. Now, the government also plans to designate zones with self, where self-driving trucks will be allowed to operate on a trial basis and device safety regulations this year. Mm-hmm. Now, other plans include building an underground logistics transportation system using urban railways by 2027. All right. And um, let's move on to the next story, shall we? Sure thing. So it was belatedly found that hundreds of zoological specimens that Seoul National University or SNU Biological Sciences Department collected over the course of some 80 years were entirely discarded in 2021 due to a mold infestation. Mm. Now, the department's professor, Im Yong-un, wrote about the incident in a paper that was published in the Korean Journal of the Microbiology last December. Now, according to SNU and Im on Sunday, the specimens were managed by a professor in an underground room located at the university's College of Natural Sciences since 2007. However, the specimens came to be mismanaged after the professor in charge retired in February 2021. Now, following his retirement, researchers that worked for the professor also left the underground room and thus no one was aware of the malfunctioning thermostat. My goodness. So a malfunctioning thermostat was the cost of the mold that damaged the items? Yeah, that is correct. So a temperature of 23 degrees Celsius and a humidity level of 20% are required for the samples to be stored properly. I see. However, when Im and his team went to check out the room on August 10th, 2021... Well, the room temperature stood at 30 degrees and the humidity level was a shocking 70%. Mm-hmm. As a result, mold had taken over the room that housed large-sized stuffed animals and plastic containers. Im's team decided to scrap all the samples after assessing that it would be impossible to restore any of them. Ouch. Okay, mm-hmm. so why did Im write a paper about this incident then? Uh, because he regretted how the specimens weren't cared for properly. Im said zoological specimens serve as essential records, which can be used as proof of animals being native to the Korean peninsula. He also said that DNA inside these samples could serve as crucial data for genetic engineering. Mm -hmm. Now, among the specimens that were discarded were those belonging to the crested ibis, which is a natural monument and uh, on the brink of extinction. In the case of endangered species, it is difficult to acquire a specimen until the body of such species is incidentally found. Wow, okay. And uh, our final story? Yeah, so some entertainment news. The music video of the South Korean trot singer Im Yong-un's latest song, London Boy, has become the top trending music video in South Korea on YouTube. Now, according to the online video platform's new music chart and statistics on Sunday, London Boy garnered 723,000 views between February 10 and 16th to place first on the list of the top of 100 music videos in the country. During the same period, the music videos of Im's two other songs also ranked near the top with Polaroid at number two and Hero EDM Remix at number four. 
So we're tra- we're sending Trot over all the way <laughs> to the UK. But what else is really special about this particular song, "London Boy"? Right, right. So yes, that would be the fact that Im's first self compo- it's Im's first self composed song. I see. Now it was included in the singer's double single single Polaroid released last November fifteenth. Now as of last Saturday, "London Boy"'s music video drew more than ten million views, mm-hmm. becoming the sixty fifth video of the singer's channel to reach the milestone. Now the video. Features him in a clean-cut, dandy-style fashion, <laughs> wearing glasses and sporting a cute hairstyle, providing fans with a look they've never seen before. Hashtag London. All right. <laughs> so now this milestone comes during a busy time for the singer, I believe. Can mm. you tell us what has him been up to lately? Sure thing. So he recently finished hol- holding his first overseas concert. He performed in the U.S. on February 11th and 12th at the Dolby Theatre in Los Angeles. And if that sounds familiar, that's because that's where the Academy Awards is held. Sure. Now, ahead of the concert, Im released a VOD containing scenes from his national tour, January 14th, via a South Korean online streaming service. Now, next month, the movie I'm Hero, The Final, containing the singer's national tour encore concert held in Seoul last December, will hit certain theatres nationwide. Now, Im held the encore concert at the Gorchok Sky Dome on December 10th and 11th, becoming the first trot singer to perform at the venue. Mm-hmm. The event drew an audience of some 36,000 people. Wow, good for him. Okay, well, um, I believe that's all we have. Uh, that's all the time we have for uh, today's Korea Trending. Thanks for joining us today. We will see you again next time, Walter. See you next time. It's time for our weekly sports segment where we talk about the hottest news in, you guessed it, yes, sports. We break down last week's sports news and we'll give you a sneak peek of what to watch for in the coming days. To help us get our sports fix, Yuji Ho from the Yonhap News Agency joins us online. Welcome back to the show, Jio. Yeah, it's great to be here. Lovely. All right. Uh, I believe the first piece of news is from the baseball world. In baseball, the Korean national team has been gearing up for the World Baseball Classic in Tucson, Arizona. They played their second exhibition game of training camp today against the Kia Tigers of the KBO League. What are some takeaways from that game? Yeah, Korea won that game 12-6. to They pounded out 19 hits. In their second straight victory in training camp, mm. uh, they defeated NC Dinos 8-2 to last Thursday, also in Tucson. Uh, the hitters look to be in fine form. Uh, they've been swinging the hot bats, uh, guys like uh, Kang Beko, Park Byung-ho, and also a backup infielder Kim Hye-sung, uh, getting a few hits here and there. So manager Lee Gang-chol said his pitchers, in the meantime, will need to do a little bit of catch-up. Sure. Uh, nine pitchers. Each got an innings worth of work in this game. Uh, starting pitcher Ku Chang Mo, followed by other starters and also relief pitchers. And those who did not get into this game threw in the bullpen beforehand. And Manager Lee said he was especially pleased with the work of Kwak Bin, uh, who was one of two pitchers to retire all five batters that he faced. Uh, his velocity was good, his command was excellent. Uh, looks to be in fine form, but uh, like I said earlier, some of the other pitchers have a little, little bit of work left to do. Mm-hmm. And, well, going back to the, uh, the lineup when it comes to batting, I think a name that pops up is actually uh, 
Kang Baek-ho because he struggled, I believe, last year in the regular season. But now, of course, the national team's head coach is Lee Gang-chul, who's also the head coach of his own team in the KBO League. So let's see what happens when he actually uh, plays in the real deal, right? And speaking of that, on that note, what are the things to keep an eye on during this particular camp? Yeah, with the uh, the pitching staff, I think, uh, you know, they're mostly set uh, as far as lineup lineup is concerned. And I talked about how, how much work the pitchers have left to do. Mm-hmm. Now, look at the lineup. Uh, someone like Yang Yi-ji behind the plate, catcher, Park Byung-hoi first. Taimi Edmund, the, the half, half Korean player from, from the U.S., from the San Luis Cardinals, is going to play second base. Kim Ha-sung, the one other major league player for Korea from San Diego Padres, he will be playing shortstop. Choi Jung at third base. He's actually the one third baseman on this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kim Hyun-soo in left. Lee Jung-woo, who might be going to the majors next year. He's yes. in center field and not on in right field. So that's pretty much it, I think. Uh, the, uh, with the pitchers, uh, there's a whole bunch of other sort of rules that uh, the KBO manager, Lee Gang-chul, has to figure out and uh, navigate around because there's going to be pitch count limits, uh, three better minimum rule. Uh, so those things make, I think, managing the bullpen really tricky. Mm-hmm. And also starting this year, the WBC adopted the same extra inning rule as Major League Baseball, meaning there will be a runner at second base starting in the 10th inning, as opposed to having runners at first and second starting in the 11th inning, like in the previous WBCs. So, uh, you know, going back to the three-bear minimum, the pitcher has to come on and face at least three batters. So if someone can, cannot find the strike zone and ends up, ends up walking three straight batters, the game could be over in the next inning. So uh, there's a lot going on uh, as far as managing the pitching staff, but I think for now the lineup looks pretty much set. Exactly. All right. Okay, well, um, I wish all the best for the World Baseball Classic team. Uh, Let's move on to football, the Premier League in England, to be exact. Uh, Son Heung-min, of course, the Korean star, scored his fifth goal in the league this season for Tottenham Hotspur as they defeated West Ham United 2-0 and climbed to fourth in the tables. It was Sonny's first league goal since early January, right? Right, uh, you know it's been a um, it's been a very difficult season for Sony. Uh, he hasn't scored as much as he did last mm-hmm. season when he won the uh, uh, the Golden Boot as the uh, goal scoring leader of the league. Now in this game, he came off the bench in the uh, 68th minute and scored four minutes later to double Spurs' lead. They went on to win by two 0 and he has been subbed in twice this season this season in the league play. And the first time he did it, he actually scored a hat trick right. against Leicester City in September. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is a strategy going forward for Tottenham, bringing him off the bench, and maybe he can do some magic there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's, he said afterward he's never happy sitting on the bench, but whenever his number is called, he's going to go out there and wants to do his best, the best he can to help the team win. But there's a bit of, a, a, I guess, a, a unfortunate bit of news coming out of uh, London after the game. Uh, the Spurs released a statement uh, condemning some online racial abuse that oh, yes. uh, faced I guess during the match and after the victory, uh, Spurs called this action "quote unquote" utterly reprehensible. And uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, also this is not the first time he's faced this kind of abuse online. Earlier this year, uh, Chelsea, the other club, uh, the other Premier League club, uh, said uh, you know they banned one of their season ticket holders for life for uh, getting into some sort of abusive behavior online against Son. And um, again, Asian players. Uh, uh, some other players of uh, minority backgrounds have been dealing with this kind of stuff uh, for, for for quite a quite a while in the Premier League, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, the teams are doing their best to, to discourage that. Sure. 
Okay, and uh, meanwhile, here in Korea, the new K-League football season is finally upon us. The 2023 K-League 1 campaign will kick off on Saturday with a matchup between the champions, Ulsan Hyundai FC and runners-up Jeonbuk Hyundai Motors. It doesn't get any better than that. Let's preview the season. Yeah, um, two best teams last uh, three seasons running. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the Ulsan coming out on top last year, winning the league title, their first title since 2005, and also spoiling Jeonbuk's bid to win their sixth consecutive title there. So the two rivals will go right at it from the start. Uh, they're once again expected to duke it up for the league title this year. And, you know, both clubs made some significant moves this offseason. Uh, Wilson signing former scoring champion Chu Ming-gyu from, uh, from Jeju. Jeonbuk bringing actually in former Wilson player in Lee Dong-jun, who had been struggling with hurt at Berlin in Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, was hurt most of the time, didn't really play much. He's coming back to K-League, but with Jeonbuk. And also, Jumbo acquiring young center, center back Chung Tae Wook. Incheon United, that's one of the one of the intriguing teams to watch this year. I think uh, you know they finished fourth last year, and one of the busiest teams in the winter. Most notably, notably signing star midfielder Shin Jin Ho, and also acquiring attacker uh, Joseph Fernandez from Jeju. Uh, two new team, new teams coming up from the K League too: Gwangju FC and Daejeon Hana Citizen, having earned their promotions from the second division. They're going to try to make some noise. Uh, I think Gwangju in particular, you know, this is a team that really dominated the second division last year. I think it's going to be interesting interesting to see how they stack up against the big boys in the K-League 1. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much, Gio. We'll see you next week. Okay. Thanks for having me. Did you enjoy this segment? You can discover more segments like this throughout the week on Korea 24. On Monday, we bring you news from the world of sports around the peninsula. Then on Tuesday, notable guests from various fields join us and give us insight into their lives and work. Are you a fan of books? Then tune in on Wednesday for Korea Book Club, where our book critic helps us unpack works by Korean authors or written on Korea. Go on an adventure with us every Thursday as we take a look at Korea's hidden gems with Explore Korea. And on Friday, listen to what our film critics have to say about the latest movie releases from both home and abroad. We have all that you need, all in one place, on Korea 24. And for the last part of the show, we have our daily segment, Morning Edition Preview, where we will take a look at some of the biggest stories from tomorrow's newspapers, The Korea Times and the Korea Herald have been kind enough to give us a preview of their editions for tomorrow, so we are very, very grateful for that. And we are joined in the studio by our staff editor at KBS's English service, Richard Larkin. Richard, it's good to see you. Hello, good to see you too. Right. Okay, so what's the first article you have chosen? Well, first, we head over to the culture section of the Korea Herald. Mm -hmm. Hwan Dong-hee has interviewed Na Tae-ju, a 77-year-old poet who published his 50th poetry collection last month. Yes, the one and only. But for our listeners who may not be familiar with Na Tae-ju, can you give us a little background information about the poet? Sure. So Na published his first volume back in 1973 and has published works nearly every year since then. The poet is very popular in Korea, with his collection I See You Like I See a Flower being the most sold poetry collection from 2012 to 2022. Mm -hmm. That's according to one of the biggest bookstore chains in the country. His works are also very popular with Korean celebrities. As according to the article, RM and J-Hope, two members of BTS, Taehyung from Girls' Generation and actress Song Hye-kyo have all chosen Na as their favourite poet. Right. 
And uh, Rich, as you mentioned, now released a new collection just last month at 77 years of age. He is still working hard, fighting the good fight. Tell us more. Yes, he is. I can't say I'm really familiar with poetry, but I'm sure releasing 50 poetry collections is a really difficult task. Absolutely. The article also mentions that Na gives lectures and still holds book signing events. One of the reasons is that he can talk to younger people to understand their feelings more. <laughs> His most recent collection, called Today You Are a Flower, took about two years to make, and it includes drawings by the artist-illustrator Shin Sun-mi. The interview goes into more detail about how he made his 50th collection, how he finds inspiration, and more. Interesting. Okay, and what is the next story you have for us? Next is Kwon Mi Yu's article in the Embassy Row section of the Korea Times. 60 years ago, Korea and Switzerland established diplomatic relations. Right. So this year, to celebrate this big anniversary, the Swiss Embassy will hold 25 events. Wow. The article goes into detail about what events will be held. Okay, so walk us through some of the notable events that will take place. Overall, the events cover a variety of areas such as politics, science, economy, and tourism and culture. Let me go through a couple of them. First, in April, Gyeonggi Line Forest Park in the Hongdae area will be transformed into a Swiss street. Hmm. Visitors can feel like they're in a different country and are able to learn more about Switzerland's culture and tourism. I smell the chocolate already. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a perfect time to hold an outdoor event. Sure. And I'm curious to see what the street will actually look like. Yes. And speaking of perfect timing with the warm spring weather and the fact that it is being held in such a busy area, it could be a popular event. Right. What else will be held? Well, in May, there will be a Korea-Switzerland Innovation Week. Not a lot of information has been given as of yet. But this week-long event will take a look at the current state of innovation in both countries. Okay. So it sounds like there are some fun events taking place this year. Be sure to keep an eye out. All right. Thank you so much, Richard. Thank you. All right. So this brings us to the end of today's edition of Korea 24. We'll bring you the latest on Korea tomorrow as well. Just a reminder, you can always listen to our show on our apps, KBS Kong, KBS World Radio, and KBS World Radio on air at 7.10 p.m. Korea Standard Time every weekday. Shortwave listeners can check the broadcast schedule on the KBS World Radio website to find out when Korea 24 is played in your region. You can also listen to our show via Naver Audio Clip. Go to audioclip.naver.com, search Korea 24, and then you can find all of our previous shows. I'm your host, Anjewu, filling in for Kwon Jang-ho. Thank you so much and goodbye.